everyone, and welcome to the wonderful world of psychology. This is So About Your Advice, and I'm your host, Emily. Okay, so for this week, I was really torn between two pieces of advice. I love both of them because they revolve around a topic that I've always been really interested in, mostly because I struggled with it for so long. And that topic is confidence. Self-confidence is a game changer in every aspect of our lives. Having a lot of confidence can help you create or take advantage of opportunities at work, be more assertive in interpersonal relationships, deal with stress and pressure, and just have more credibility when you say literally anything. Now, obviously, too much self-confidence can start to slide into cockiness, which is definitely not a positive attribute I would not recommend becoming insanely cocky. But having self-doubt can severely hamper your ability to go after your own goals, and it can mean that you're limiting yourself from reaching for something you've been wanting. So today's piece of advice is one of these suggestions that aims to improve self-confidence. And although they're both great, there's one that has just always been my favorite. Fake it till you make it. I love this quote so much. Full disclosure, I was incredibly shy when I was a kid. Like, painfully shy. I hated talking to strangers, I got super uncomfortable trying really any new thing, and I hated being put in any position where I had to talk in front of people. Which is ironic considering now I literally can't shut up, and I could basically talk to a brick wall for like four hours straight. I had just really bad anxiety and really low self-esteem, and these qualities prevented me from having a lot of experiences that I wanted to have. Like, my mom had to force me to go to a friend's birthday party when I was a kid. I was, like, crying, begging her not to force me to go, and she just packed me up in the car and drove me over. It was bad. I just had so much fear of embarrassment because my confidence myself was so low, I just assumed I wouldn't perform well in any situation, whether socially, academically, whatever it was. So I don't really remember where I ever first heard this quote. We don't have a specific source for today, but when I did hear it for the first time, I immediately loved it. Something about the idea of just shamelessly faking confidence was so appealing to me because confidence was something I had always wanted and something I never felt like I could achieve. But this piece of advice challenged everything I thought about my lack of confidence and my fear of never being able to improve my self-esteem. I loved the idea that it doesn't matter if you don't actually gain a higher self-confidence. You can just lie and pretend you do. But once I started faking it and pretending to be a far more confident person than I was, I noticed the weirdest thing. My self-confidence actually did grow. Like, more than just in a fake way. (laughs) But my question is, why did this work? Why is it that faking self-confidence made my self-esteem actually improve? Was it just that pretending worked like a placebo medication, or were there other factors at play? First, I wanted to discuss the issue of low self-esteem. This is not something that any of us are necessarily born with. It's not an innate personality trait that will always be a part of you. Low self-confidence is cultivated through a lot of different types of experiences and struggles that add up to negative self-talk. There are unfortunately a lot of situations that can cause low self-confidence, especially if they happen during our childhoods when we're more vulnerable to influence from others. One of these experiences is insufficient warmth, love, or encouragement. 
This one is especially influential as a kid. If you grow up in an environment in which you're not getting the amount of attention or praise that you need, you may be learning and internalizing a message that you're not good enough, which, of course, can lead to low self-confidence as an adult. Another experience that can lead to low self-esteem is the inability to or feeling like you don't fit in with other people your age. Again, this one can be especially harmful to kids. Humans are social creatures, and belonging to a group has historically been super important to ensuring our survival. Feeling out of place or like we don't belong amongst our peer groups can be an incredibly powerful factor when we're developing our personalities. It can destroy our self-esteem to feel that we are the odd one out in a group of people we think we're meant to fit in with. There are many other sources of low self-confidence that can come up later in life, like poor treatment or abuse from a romantic partner, stressful events in life like losing a loved one, financial problems, losing a job, house, car, long-standing medical problems, and even setting unachievably high standards for yourself, which I am definitely guilty of. All of these things can really decrease the confidence we have in our abilities to cope with life events. And sometimes it can cause us to try to avoid situations that may be worsening our self-esteem. And avoidance will pretty much only cause our self-confidence to lower even further. If my time studying psychology has taught me anything, it's that avoidance really only worsens every problem we're using it to run away from. Which, for me, a historically avoidant person, is definitely like not the most fun thing to learn. But it's true. Avoidance of situations that trigger our low self-esteem will make our confidence nosedive even further. Sadly for me. <laughs> so, for a lot of reasons, a low self-esteem is not necessarily ideal. There is so much value in being confident in yourself, and it's clear that having lower levels of self-confidence is something that's definitely worth time spending fixing. Let's ignore the piece of advice for just a second. I want to go over some real, tangible ways to improve self-confidence the long way, not in the shortcut, faking it way. There are so many tools you can use to increase self-esteem, and some do require more work than others, but they can all be incredibly helpful in improving confidence. Probably the quickest way of all of these is to do what I did, which is to just become overly proud of yourself, even for things you maybe don't have a right to be proud of. I'm really only half joking here. There are a lot of ways to increase self-esteem, but being proud of your achievements or appearance or whatever the thing is that you're focusing on, it can significantly increase your confidence. Identifying your strengths is really key. Think about what you're good at, but don't forget about the things you enjoy doing as well. Those are just as important. Both of these, find them and practice them. For example, Although I, like I said, was a painfully shy kid who literally hated being in front of other people, I discovered a bit of a natural talent and a whole lot of passion for figure skating. I devoted myself to the sport for literally years, and I began to feel my self-confidence rise every time I won gold in the competition. And eventually, I became the attention seeker you hear today. <laughs> I'm kidding. I still sometimes have trouble being out in front of people. But my experience as a figure skater helped me build self-esteem because it was an activity I both loved and that I had kind of a natural talent for. Identifying your strengths will help you focus on the things you're good at and enjoy, 
rather than dwell on anything you think you're not capable of. Another way to increase self-esteem is to create a positive environment around yourself. This goes back to the childhood causes of low self-esteem, such as not receiving enough affection, praise, etc. To correct the issues that may have stemmed from poor support as a kid, surround yourself with positive people who truly want the best for you and will revel in your accomplishments and comfort you when you're down. Having a positive inner circle is so, so important. And unfortunately, it may require you to maybe distance yourself from certain people who worsen your self-confidence through things like blaming, degrading, dismissing, or devaluing. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, cut everyone who's ever challenged you on something, but I'm saying it's important to take note of the people who make you feel good and try to spend more time with them to really reap the benefits of their love and support for you. Surrounding yourself with people who uplift you and encourage you and remind you of all the best parts about yourself is such a valuable method of increasing your self-confidence, and it kind of just enhances your life in a lot of other ways. The third tip is to set a goal. Now, wait a minute, not just any goal. Remember, one of the causes of low self-esteem is continuously setting unachievably high goals for yourself. So let's keep it realistic here. (laughs) Set yourself a goal that is achievable and would make you feel accomplished upon reaching it. Once you make it happen, really notice and maybe even write down the positive feelings that come up from completing the task. That sense of victory and success that comes from achieving a goal goes a long way in increasing self-confidence. As an example, I make my bed every morning. Mostly because my mom told me when I was a kid that all the richest, most successful people make their beds every morning, and I wanted to be like them. But honestly, even as simple a task as making my bed just sets the day off well, and it gives me that sense of, I achieved a goal. It reminds me that even in the face of bigger challenges in my life, there are always tasks and goals that I will be able to successfully complete. The next technique can be a little harder for some people. Practice being assertive. It's so important to practice expressing your opinions, feelings, thoughts, and desires, even though it can feel pretty uncomfortable at first. I know for a lot of people this one is challenging. But if you're able to step out of your comfort zone a bit and try it, it really can be an incredibly positive experience to make yourself heard. After you try this, make sure to really think about, or again, maybe even write down, your feelings about it. They may be mixed. You may feel super uncomfortable, but also happy that you did it. I challenge you to focus on the positive feelings that arise, and then go try it again. Being assertive doesn't mean aggressive, though, so be careful. (laughs) Being assertive means you're comfortably expressing yourself without feeling hesitation or fear of ridicule or rejection. Don't be aggressive about it. Just try standing up for yourself a bit and make sure your voice is being heard. Another tip is to practice affirmations. I have a perfect and honestly hilarious example for this. (laughs) So my dad has been practicing affirmations for years, before I think he even knew what the word meant. Since the time he was young, my dad has been looking at himself in the mirror every single morning and essentially saying the same thing. Damn, I look good. (laughs) In that specific voice and everything. 
And every time he says this, he gets this like cheeky little smile and sometimes even winks at himself, which usually was in response to five-year-old me just absolutely dying laughing hearing him say this. But despite the fact that I used to find this daily ritual so hilarious, it's actually genius. Practicing positive self-affirmations, especially if it's every day or close to it, literally retrains your cognition into replacing negative self-talk with compliments. Think about it. Why do we normalize speaking so negatively to ourselves when we lavish compliments on everyone else? Let's start complimenting ourselves more. My dad can personally attest that it works wonders in bolstering self-confidence. But by the way, he didn't even need that boost. (laughs) That man has self-confidence in spades, but maybe it's just all built up from hearing himself say he looks damn good literally every day. (laughs) The next one goes hand in hand with the previous tip. Kill the negative self-talk. This one can also be a little challenging, especially if you've been speaking poorly to yourself for a long time. But I want you to give this a try. Next time you catch yourself thinking something negative about yourself, like let's say maybe you think I'm not lovable, I want you to challenge that thought. Actively think about, or again, maybe write down, a point that disproves it. And don't say there's nothing to disprove it, blah, 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 blah. No, that's either just an excuse or it's fear talking. There is always something that will disprove a thought. How do I know this? Because negative self-talk is never an absolute truth. So next time you think, I'm not lovable, try to remember a time that someone in your life called or texted you just to check in. Maybe they sent you a birthday present. Maybe they asked your opinion on something that they trusted you about. Or maybe they just went out of their way, really in any manner, to express that they care about you. Remember those moments and bring them out anytime the negative self-talk starts to creep in. Okay, so next up is something we've already discussed on an episode, but it's important, so I'll reiterate it. Stop comparing yourself. One more time. Stop comparing yourself. In all seriousness, I know it's hard. Trust me, I am so guilty of comparing every part of my life to other people's lives, but it really is such a destroyer of self-confidence. It's very helpful to internalize and accept the idea that everyone is different, and you and your life has just as much value as anyone else's. It can be especially hard when we're viewing things on social media that makes us feel like we're lacking in some way. Maybe we compare ourselves to a makeup influencer and then dislike our own appearance. Maybe we compare ourselves to a talented baker and feel like we're lacking in cooking skills. That one is me. (laughs) But the best way to avoid feeling these ways is to remember that all of these influencers and other people you're seeing snapshots of on social media have entire lives that include similar problems that we ourselves are facing. In other words, Humanize everyone and make sure you're taking their entire life into account. And finally, appreciate yourself. Not just with positive affirmations, I want you to really celebrate all of your successes as something you achieved, not because of luck or something like that. Really consider the fact that you achieved a goal or just accept everything about yourself. Accept even your flaws. Actually, no, 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 no. Especially your flaws. Start thinking of any perceived flaw you see in yourself as not just acceptable, but even lovable. 
Accept yourself for exactly who you are, flaws and all, and I promise you your self-esteem will start to rise. It may feel impossible, but start small with appreciating maybe one thing about yourself and work your way up to full self-acceptance. There is nothing you will do in life that will be as beneficial to your self-esteem as this. So these are all tips on how we can actually increase our self-confidence. They require work and effort, and although they get easier with time and practice, they are not necessarily a quick fix when you're really struggling with low self-esteem. Let's jump back to the piece of advice for today. Can the phrase, fake it till you make it, actually help us improve self-confidence simply by faking it? For me, at least, the answer was yes. But the remaining question of why does this work is a little harder to answer. So I want to explain a phenomenon that's seen a lot both in medical treatment and psychological interventions. The placebo effect. This essentially is when an individual taking a quote-unquote fake drug or treatment displays positive responses, which are directly attributed to the person's expectations of the treatment itself. So if we put this in terms of today's piece of advice, The act of faking confidence is itself creating the real rise in confidence. Although there really isn't a clear evidence-based cause for the placebo effect, a lot of researchers think it may have to do with two effects, classical conditioning and positive expectations. So for those of you who aren't already familiar with Pavlov's drooling dogs, classical conditioning is a process of learning that happens when a person starts associating a specific stimulus with a specific response. An example of this, every time I go to a particular place in LA, I have a lot of trouble finding parking and I get super mad. (laughs) So I'll start feeling mad every time I go into this area. This is a real life example, by the way. I literally avoid going to certain parts of LA just to avoid bad parking situations. And the second possible contributing factor to the placebo effect is positive expectations, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. A more optimistic view of something, like a placebo medication, may affect how the individual rates their symptoms after taking the fake drug. Honestly, much like avoidance is almost universally bad in the psychology world, positive expectations are almost universally beneficial. Having a positive outlook on yourself and the world around you has been shown to actually be a protective factor in a lot of mental illnesses, including depression, anxiety, PTSD, and many others. No matter the real underlying cause of the placebo effect, it's definitely been shown to be highly effective in a variety of settings in helping to treat symptoms of mental illness. And in today's case, low self-confidence. So this piece of advice really is holding up. The placebo effect is a real thing that has been proven to have significant effects. But that's not the only reason this piece of advice is something to consider. Decades of research has proven that your mood can be significantly changed by your behavior, thoughts, and even physiology, which is just like bodily sensations. A great example of this that you can easily do right now and prove me right is if you smile while feeling down or just like neutral, your mood will start to elevate. This is because our brains are constantly working to match our emotions to our behaviors. So by smiling, you're convincing your brain to increase your mood. This was described by something called the facial feedback hypothesis, 
based off the ideas of Charles Darwin and a philosopher named William James. This hypothesis says that physiological activation of the facial regions associated with certain emotions holds a direct effect on the elicitation of such emotional states. Which is a really wordy, academic, confusing definition. (laughs) But in other words, your facial expression directly affects your emotions. This extends to the rest of your body. So as an example, if you walk into a room of people with slumped over shoulders and a quiet voice and kind of like downcast eyes, you will feel more self-conscious and more down in general. You'll be perceived as someone with a lower self-esteem or disinterest in meeting the people in the room. And because your posture and behaviors are depicting you as a less confident person, your brain will match your actions and make you feel more nervous. If instead you walk into the room of people with a big smile, your shoulders back, powerful stride, you'll come across as a happier, more confident person, and your brain will automatically alter your emotion to fit your behavior. So yeah, fake it till you make it is absolutely based on a real phenomenon. You really can change the way you feel just by changing your behaviors. Let's say you're someone who gets pretty nervous when having to speak in front of people and you have an upcoming presentation at work. You're feeling insecure and scared and your self-esteem is at an all-time low as you get ready to stand up and present in front of your colleagues. This is the perfect moment to implement this piece of advice. Don't walk up with a slumped posture. Don't wring your hands. Don't bite your lip nervously. Instead, throw your shoulders back, widen your stride, paste a confident smile on your face. Even if you don't feel confident at first, this behavioral change will start to change the way you feel. The more you fake confidence, the more your mind will start to change to fit your behaviors and thoughts to match this. So remember this next time you're feeling nervous or self-conscious or insecure to be in a certain situation or in a certain group of people. Faking confidence is not only the quickest way to raise your self-esteem, the more you do it, the more your confidence will grow in the long term. And with that, we have proved today's piece of advice 100% valid. Faking it till you make it is definitely a real thing, and it can be super helpful in increasing self-esteem. I encourage you to try this. Whether you're just practicing faking confidence in moments you feel insecure, or whether you implement any of the skills we discussed that will really help you build a stronger self-esteem over time. All of today's tips should work. I can personally attest they will help you improve your self-confidence. As a reminder before we go, this podcast is not at all a substitute for professional mental health help. If you're struggling with any mental health issues, I urge you to seek help from an expert. Our website, SoAboutYourAdvice.com, has an entire page of resources for you if you feel like you might need to talk to someone. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining me and talking about one of my favorite topics. I hope you learned a little something on how to improve confidence. I better see a bunch of self-assured, confident people out there after this. (laughs) If you're enjoying this podcast and you feel so inclined, I'd love for you to rate and follow us wherever you're listening. We will be back next week with another piece of advice, but in the meantime, remember to keep it kind, mend your mind, and fake it till you make it. (laughs) Thanks for listening.